just what we see around in our world. We see a lot of changes, especially in 2021. We can see that change is the thing you can count on. And I like this this phrase that, yeah, change is a thing you can count on. What it means, it means that everything that we have right now uh, at one point or another will change and that is okay. This podcast shows that Ukraine is not what foreigners see on television. Together, we will break all the stereotypes about Ukrainians so that when the flag of Ukraine is lifted anywhere in the world, everyone will know Ukraine and its unique culture because today, Ukraine has a dynamic new generation that will change the world. Hello, my name is Aziz and I have a deep connection with Ukraine. My grandfather volunteered in 1987 to help liquidate the Chernobyl chemical radiation because he believed in humanity. He was a real hero for me and even though he struggled with cancer after that for the rest of his life, he always told me many great things about Ukraine and its people. Then, from 2018 to 2019, for two years, I began working with UNICEF in Ukraine to help build orphanages for Ukrainian children. And thank you all so much for the support. More than 190 people People participated in this project for Ukraine. From the vice president of the Helen Marlin Group to the vice chancellor of the UGCC to the president of the Erasmus Student Network Kiev to the president of the World Trade Center Kiev to students from the FLEX program, Ukraine Global Scholars, Yale University, Harvard, and the London School of Economics to the United Nations to interns at the Ukrainian Parliament and at the Canadian Parliament to top 1% students in Ukraine. But not only them. This project is for all Ukrainians from all backgrounds. So if you wish to participate, send me an Instagram message at aziz.future and join the Telegram channel. Kiev Future, my goal is to make interviews with hundreds of Ukrainians and the world is listening. This podcast is already top 50 in the United Kingdom, France, Switzerland and Monaco, top 25 in Austria, Germany, Canada, Russia and Poland, top 15 in Australia, Italy, Spain and Dubai, and top 10 in Norway, Sweden, the Netherlands, South Korea, Singapore, and many other places because this is now officially the number one podcast on Apple about Ukraine. Together, we will break the stereotypes. Together, we will help all other countries discover and respect the greatness of Ukrainian people, and this good reputation will support the development of Ukraine, creating more opportunities for every Ukrainian to have a better life. So let's begin. My guest today is Polina Karabat. Polina was born and raised in Kiev and loves her city. She graduated from university with a master's degree in biology, specifically genetics. And right now, she is a business analyst contributing to the development of a medical desktop software application that helps planning the procedures for the heart valve replacement. Polina is so passionate about her role that, additionally, she's serving as a trainer for the Business Analyst Foundation course, 
helping other people get the knowledge and skills necessary to become a business analyst. Her favorite hobbies include ballet, piano, and singing. She loves running, and she has a mini-blog dedicated to cooking. Paulina is also a distinguished Toastmaster at the Toastmasters Organization, a volunteer organization for developing public speaking and leadership skills, and she participated in speech contests at the European level. Paulina, how are you today? Hello, Aziz. Nice to talk to you. Nice to be here today. I'm doing fine. How are you? I'm doing fantastic, brilliant, and wonderful. And as I like to begin on an emotional level, Mm -hmm. this is what I'm curious about when it comes to you. Yes, I listed your hobbies, but Mm -hmm. if you check your mood today, if you could spend the day doing something that would truly make you feel alive, something that will match your mood and give you those emotions that recharge you, what would it be today? Wow. Wow. That's a wonderful question. It really depends uh, on the day. So for today, I think some good classical music would lift my spirit up and keep me keep me in high spirits. Uh, today I had a quite long, busy day at work and I think some good Chopin or Ludovico Inaudi or other brilliant composers would really make my day even better. Yeah. And keep me energized and inspired. So you had a long day at work and some good classical music. Chopin or any of the other great composers well do you mean playing that or listening actually both can work <laughs> uh, depends I think uh, at first uh, listening would do it's really it's amazing how music can change your mood and can completely completely make you feel different yeah it changes yourself it's it, and it also brings some very very deep emotions that you can't, you don't uh, get from other uh, sources, it seems. But I also am keen on playing these great uh, composers' pieces. So uh, playing on my piano would would be a good addition. But of course, it takes a bit more more uh, energy. So listening is easier. <laughs> Yes, listening is easier and it's amazing how music can change your mood and bring some really deep emotions. And also it can be through playing, but after a long day, maybe listening is more of the right experience. And therefore, I want to know more about how you enjoy an almost delectably taste music. (laughs) So imagine yourself listening to good classical music right now, and Mm -hmm. you can feel the vibrations in your ears, and you Mm -hmm. can feel the emotions in your body. How do you experience it? Do you imagine yourself in another world? Is it synesthesia where... You see colors and shapes after the music and images. Or how is it that you truly take in the good classical music your own personal Paulina way? Wow, that's a brilliantly formulated question. I like it. And I think you might also like music if you express it in this way. So for me, sometimes I listen to music, uh, for example, in the evening. And it's when you are a little bit tired, it seems that some of your emotional levels or your rational levels are down. So you're more exposed to some good music, some emotional music. And to me, 
when I listen to some of these pieces, I really, literally, I close my eyes and I just listen to every note one by one. And it sometimes brings up some creativity or inspiration and even some, some really good thoughts come to me because I can focus only on this music. So this this is really a, some kind of a life hack that I found. And it also helps to focus me if I still need to do something, something important, for example, in that day. That's my Thank way. Thank you. So if you had a particularly tiring day or at the end of the day, the logical part atrophies and gets down. <laughs> And there is an opening for your emotional part. So you close your eyes, you listen to music note after note after note, and you just take it in fully. And then sometimes some ideas or emotions or thoughts that you wouldn't have had otherwise or some creative perspective comes to you when you're in that state or you can do the total opposite when you need to focus on a task. You put the music, it will not give you any feeling of distraction. So you can mm -hmm. focus on being productive rather than checking the phone every five minutes or wondering <laughs> what's on Instagram or Facebook, correct? Yeah, exactly. That's very accurate. And I can even give a, my own personal finding or an insight that I that I had some time ago, quite a a few time, few years ago, uh, that I figured out, and it's no surprise that classical music, instrumental music, helps you focus. And there are, of course, even dedicated resources to that. But really, I tested it on myself, not willingly, but I used to listen to some music with words, even even the smallest uh, phrases or uh, any language in in the music distracts. Uh, distracted me and I could really see it in results in my work even and I started to think why is that so later on I started to listen only instrumental so that shouldn't be any word included and that boosts boosts your productivity your focus and indeed as you mentioned it doesn't distract you but it actually helps you to focus on what you're doing so my recommendation to everyone is if you want to focus don't listen the, to the music that has words in it because somehow it activates your parts of the brain uh, of uh, that processes this language and it distracts you. While where you're listening to just to some melody, it helps you focus. I love this. And I will switch totally to another topic that is related. I have a friend and she's one of the best pianists in Europe. She's really incredible. Wow. Wow. And I'm comparing what she says because she said the opposite to one of my favorite pianists who is Glenn Gould. Mm -hmm. And to him, it's all about the emotions when he plays. He almost like is... And his own bubble, he ignores everyone. He doesn't <laughs> want to speak with anyone. He <laughs> just comes to play for himself almost and feeling the emotions and the joy and go out. Well, to her, I ask her because a lot of singers and even actors, they say, I feel the emotion and I <laughs> let the emotion do the technique for me. Well, <laughs> she said no to her when she is playing, not listening, not at home, but when she's doing a, an event, she said, I stop my emotions. I only 
focus on the perfect technique to give the listeners the right next emotion that they should feel. And therefore, I am playing with mm-hmm. full control to give them the next emotion and the next emotion and the next emotion until the end. And it's so exhausting and tiring. That's what she said, that she needs mm-hmm. to sleep like three days afterwards or whatever, mm-hmm. because she gives total focus during that time. While Glenn mm-hmm. Gould, he just lets his subconscious do the techniques and he's just flowing with the emotions. Mm-hmm. Do you? Are you? Which kind are you? And when listening, do you find that you're attracted more to the highly emotional pianist mm-hmm. or to more of the high technique virtuoso pianist? Yeah, thank you for this question. I had some thoughts, uh, some thinking about it. And I actually, my piano playing is my hobby, as you already mentioned. And I sometimes record this uh, on on a video and p- put it to Instagram. So I also started to think, okay, as a performer, as a uh, amateur performer, but still, what uh, what are the tips for a good uh, video? That the one that listen will that people that will actually listen to. And I was uh, thinking about it, and I found few triggering phrases for me that helped me to understand. And this is my interpretation of that. So I think it's double. At, at the first, at the beginning you have to learn the technique you have to have the skills and totally you don't have to uh, miss a note or play it wrongly so that's that's not acceptable so you have to have a technique you have to have it right but for people to listen to you and to really feel what you feel i believe you have you should have emotions while you're playing it's the emotions that help you to press this key a little harder or a little softer to do an extra pause or an extra legato or an extra you know all of these things these small tiny differences they make all the difference they make people feel the emotions so i think it would be difficult at least for me to raise emotions in other people without feeling it myself and i see the differences in my videos as well when i just was focusing on which key am I pressing right now or when I already was quite comfortable with the melody and I, it was flowing and I could uh, feel a bit more I could put more heart into that if you know what I mean. I know exactly and now I have two questions about this but I will begin with this one mm-hmm. I have a friend who is a painter and in mm-hmm. many ways when it's time um, to paint my friend gets this energy in their hand and it's like that energy needs to come out into a painting and that the time they know something wonderful and magical Mm -hmm. will happen. Do you have such experiences, whether for dance and ballet or for any kind of hobby that you do, that your body gives you a sign that lets you know now is the time to do this and it will be magical? (laughs) Uh, Yes, I wish. (laughs) I wish that would be my case, but I'm more, you know, we have in Ukraine, we have a proverb that says uh, the appetite appetite comes while you're eating. So that's about me. I sometimes it's difficult to start doing it, to start to put those uh, piano uh, sheet music and and turn on my my piano because I have an electrical one and to sit and to start 
and with the ballet it's the same it's sometimes hard to really get into the mood and uh, my piano um, classes are for example in working days in the weekdays they are at, at the evening so after work you have to really have this discipline it's a discipline to come and get there but when I get there when I start playing or when I visit my dancing class I realize that at first it was a right choice of course and secondly yes uh, with my entire body I feel the music these movements I understand that I'm where I'm supposed to be right now and I'm doing what I like and I love doing so that's where when I feel and I go with the flow and I follow and I'm being mindful and I'm staying in a moment I don't distract to anything else and yeah that's the pure bliss but at first I have to do this first step of discipline to get there and to start. Yes. So you begin with discipline and then you get to pure bliss. And that's actually a French <laughs> proverb too, that l'appétit vient en mangeant or you mm. get, you know, you get appetite mm -hmm. by eating. And I like also too, you agree with Stephen King who said that I write when I'm inspired and my inspiration comes every day from 9 a.m. <laughs> to 1 p.m. <laughs> so, yeah, yes, yeah. so So he it's... just right. And I had two guests here, Olia Ongurian and Anastasia Yatluk, who are dancers. Mm -hmm. And what they said is when it comes to choreography, they learn it and learn it and learn it. And when it gets to a point where they master it, it seems like there is a magical experience where their body is moving on its own. And it's mm -hmm. almost a divine experience of them watching themselves, having a meditation or witnessing mm -hmm. something great happening and it's like the most recharging and fulfilling experience of all when they're dancing and it's their body is there flowing they're present in the moment and they just feel as if angels are moving their body or something <laughs> like that mm -hmm. do you have such an experience in any part of your life yeah. and is it similar to what you said because they said when learning the choreography they need to focus but mm -hmm. once they master it they open themselves up mm -hmm. to that flow of emotions that is divine yeah 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 that's that's a very interesting and important aspect uh, of our I think it's connected to psychology although I'm, I'm not a psychologist though I am quite uh, keen on learning and uh, figuring out how our emotions work so what I what what I thought as the first thing when you mentioned these peop, um, girls and these beautiful dancers gorgeous and experienced they go with the flow they feel like it's a magic and it seems to me that it's the concept that's called the unconscious competence so when person is there are th there these quadrants where you have uh, unconscious incompetentness when person uh, doesn't know he doesn't know it when then yeah you know i know i know that i what i don't know etc so at some point you start to learn some new things for example it's a belly yeah at first you don't know how to dance uh, then you start learning and you put a lot of your energy a lot of your mental and emotional of course uh, efforts into learning the moves and it's at first goes harder then it goes a bit more easier easier and easier and some at some point it seems to you that it's so obvious and you don't even know how you're doing it 
it just works by itself. And that's the thing, that's the quadrant of uh, unconscious competence. So you, you know how to do it, but you already don't understand why you know it and how it works for you. But it just, for me, it's, it's a, a sign of a very highly professional uh, person if they learned it, yeah, gradually. It means that you were practicing it so much and you put so much energy, then now you do it almost automatically and you do it on a higher level of uh, professionalism. So you can even add something more. Yeah. So you can work with your emotions because you don't think about the technique. It's again about this technique or the emotions should be both, but just on a different stages of your development professional. Yes, I agree with you. And one of the best at doing that is Lara Fabian, who can mm. sing with high emotions and with high technique at the same time. And normally it's very difficult because sometimes she's like almost crying, but at the same time has perfect technique. And most mm -hmm. singers will get overwhelmed when they're doing such things. Or a modern version is Morissette Amor from the Philippines. She's really wonderful. Mm -hmm. You seem to be a very emotionally attuned person. Are you highly emotional? Depends uh, what we call highly emotional because there can be a perception that highly emotional person is the one that can easily start crying or easily start screaming or get angry, right? But highly emotional person can be also a person that looks always very calm and optimistic, enthusiastic, but inside of that person can be a lot of emotions, but the person just learned or, or deprived or uh, just uh, coped with handling them. And of course, I think I'm quite an emotional person. I have emotions. They influence my life as everybody's life. I'm, I'm quite sure. But I think that uh, emotions, there's nothing wrong in emotions. Emotions are good. It's a sign of psychological health. It's a sign that our brain works in the right way. Of course, when we go to the extremes and when they start leading our lives and not vice versa, that's uh, that can be difficult and that should be addressed. We should be conscious and uh, take care of ourselves, both physical and mental health. Mental health, as you know, probably it's a big thing in 2021 and it becomes more socially acceptable to speak about it and to speak that it's okay not to be okay. It's okay to feel also negative emotions. It's all part of our life. So yes, I'm emotional and I try to uh, care of my emotional hygiene <laughs> as well as the physical one. Thank you. So if I understood you correctly, there are two kinds of people who can be called emotional. The kind of uh, South American soap opera girl who's always <laughs> making drama and yelling, etc. Or <laughs> someone who can feel a lot of emotion emotions, but they can be more reserved and in control with it rather than letting it control them. And they might look calm, but inside there is a sea raging of all kinds of emotions. Mm -hmm. Did I understand correctly? Yeah, yeah, that's correct. So I have two questions and I will begin with one. Many of the girls who were on this podcast said they're highly emotional, but they have this poker face that is serious all the time or often <laughs> when they're outside. And then sometimes people will ask and wonder, why is she so angry? Did something happen? Oh. But she'll be like, no, I'm actually happy. It's just my <laughs> my face. Do you have that? Because you mentioned 
having a lot of emotions, but being in control and looking calm. So now I imagine you're one of those stern faced <laughs> poker girls. Well, I don't remember comments uh, like that to my side. I'm try to be at least uh, quite open. And when I feel happy, I, I tend to show it. And I, uh, I'm very keen and I, I believe I try to and I uh, follow all of the opportunities to maintain the a good relationship with uh, people from all of the parts of my of my life and i believe that if i ha feel happy i should express it i uh, try to also not to forget and to acknowledge acknowledge some some good things that i see in people in their actions in in themselves in how they develop or what they do and generally i hope i'm not uh i don't have a poker face when i feel happy for somebody and or for something so let's express our emotions they're okay yes expressing emotions is okay taking care of our mental health is okay and something else which is a great thing to break stereotypes but there are a lot of people who have a stereotype that a business analyst or someone with interest as a scientist in biology and mm -hmm. in genetics is highly rational and emotionless so mm -hmm. how can you combine those two sides of your personality or do you find that having emotions inside that move you or give you insights or maybe close your eyes listen to music and get new ideas mm -hmm. make you a better analyst and scientist etc mm -hmm. yeah it certainly does i think well for business analysts if we're speaking about uh, this role very important skill the soft skill so-called is empathy yeah it's a possibility to not only to hear people not only to listen to them but really understand their emotions and understand what leads them to saying this or that what leads them to acting in a certain way and since business analyst is acting like a bridge between different we call it a stakeholder the stakeholders the people that are somehow influencing the project for instance a software development project so business analyst would talk to a lot of different people to people from business that work and think in numbers in um, amount of sales etc to development team who are very technical and they think more in uh, yeah how to implement certain functionality so you have to know and learn different languages in a sense you have to be able to speak a language of a person that you're talking to either it's a business language or a development language and i mean in the same terminologies same level of details etc so emotions actually are very helpful and high emotional and intellect for a business analyst is quite crucial so i do think i do see that there is a match and understanding emotions knowing them having them helps in the role of the business analyst and of course i do agree with you that's 
business analyst or scientist, uh, they should be rational. They should be analytical, cold-minded, and really be able to balance out different options, etc. Uh, but combining having a very rational work and more creative hobbies helps to balance out the personality, yeah, and to have this uh, balance between the brain hemispheres. Thank you. And I will ask you a very deep question since you're a scientist and you're level-headed. When it comes to the philosophy of science, anything that we do, we only get 95% confidence that it might be likely be okay. And in many ways, we don't know what the truth is because our measurements are inaccurate and there is a variance as well as we are living in a probabilistic world where we cannot define the truth at all because there is chaos and randomness operating as well as um, systematic emergence. And I know it's too Mm -hmm. much stuff, but the Mm -hmm. fact that we cannot know in reality the truth and we can be like one of those experiments where there is a pigeon that gets food at random times and then Mm -hmm. when it's doing something Mm -hmm. during that, it thinks, oh, this is the pattern I should do more of this and Mm -hmm. it keeps on acting weird but then each time it doesn't work it thinks oh i'm doing it wrong and then when it it gets food again it's like okay okay now it's working and therefore it creates the illusion of control and certainty in a world like nietzsche said that life is the process of constantly reorienting ourselves in the Mm -hmm. face of uncertainty so Mm -hmm. if we are living in a probabilistic world Mm -hmm. and humans need determinism or to think that we can have more control or the illusion of control. Mm -hmm. What are the limits of science and business analysis uh, analysis in your own opinion? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a very, very good, good question. Again, linked to, yeah, just what we see around in our world. We see a lot of changes, especially in 2021. We can see that change is the thing you can count on. And I like this, this phrase that, yeah, change is a thing you can count on. What it means, it means that everything that we have right now uh, at one point or another will change and that is okay. So that's sometimes difficult to accept, but some wise uh, proverbs, wise philosophers sometime, some thousands of years ago said that as well, that this will also change. And I think a very crucial uh, as, uh, yeah, mindset for either it's in business, either it's uh, in in everyday life for any of the tasks, important to understand that things can change and things will change. So what it means for us that first of all, we have to be ready and even understanding that change is inevitable already helps a little. <laughs> but then we have to also welcome changes. We have to change our perception of changing worlds and see opportunities and really seek for them. And the people who are ready for the changes and change quite fast, they usually gain and win and create the extra value and opportunities for for themselves and for for people around. So change is okay. And that's an important thing to to remember. And in uh, my uh, current role, I'm working in software development where the agile model is quite quite widespread right now and in my project as well. So there we accept the change and we welcome it. For example, if we are developing some new functionality for the product, uh, we don't try to do it all from scratch to the very, very big finish till it's 
fully, fully ready, you know, with every single detail. And we would work in it, for example, half a year, and then only we will show it to the user. No, we know things can change. So we start with a little piece with a sketch. Yeah, I'm acting, I'm talking about some example. If we are painting Mona Lisa, we would first do uh, the uh, plain pen, uh, pencil drawing. And we will verify it with people who will watch this Mona Lisa to check whether it's the right direction. And if not, we're ready to change. So change is okay if we didn't do whole whole lot. So getting the constant feedback from the environment would also help to cope with changes easier. Thank you. I love that. It's very cybernetic <laughs> as well as iterative at the same time evolution, yeah. which reminds me of the lean startup methodology and many others, mm -hmm, as well mm -hmm. as you spoke actually of this too shall pass, which is mm -hmm. like you said from thousands of years ago and yep. from Rumi as well, yep. the Persian, as well as you said that the nature of reality is change or as Tony Robbins said that change is automatic, but progress is not, mm -hmm. but also the Buddha from <laughs> Buddhism along time ago, he said that the nature of reality is change and movement. Any constancy is an illusion. So that was really mm -hmm. cool to tie everything you're saying. Are you a spiritual person as well? Do you have uh, beliefs about reality, about law of attraction, about the soul and things like that? Yeah, I do believe in good and bad, let's say. I uh, I do um, follow and I, I do believe in the, the fact that people should support each other. I don't necessarily allocate myself to certain religion, although I follow all of the traditions of our Orthodox uh orthodox religion uh, but i don't honestly i don't consider myself very religious religious person but i uh, i admit the need to have the spirituality for for people uh, for finding this coordinates in life what is good what is bad uh, what do i strive in life what is my meaning in life so all of this i think religion brings people to to understanding of of their they are inner inner thoughts and uh, inner search for the meaning yeah yes man's search for meaning or uh, logotherapy. That's really cool. <laughs> I'm, I'm linking the things. Okay. Yeah. You spoke about people and the importance of people um, having coordinates in their lives. And before you spoke about soft skills and their importance for a business analyst and emotional intelligence. And you spoke about when you make your videos, the piano videos for people, you think how to give people a great experience, etc. So is it mm -hmm. because are you someone where people are really important for in your life maybe you're even an extrovert I don't know mm -hmm. or were you an introvert and then you thought no I don't want to be isolated all my life so <laughs> I should learn and improve my soft skills and become more sociable or how where does that come from mm -hmm. yeah that's that's a good question. Where does our need for approval comes from? <laughs> because I'm not unique in that. 
look at the Instagram, look at Facebook or Telegram or TikTok, everywhere people are posting their content to be to in search of approval. And I'm no unique here. I'm probably also following all of those patterns. Uh, as for uh, in <laughs> extroverts, introverts, I recently figured out that I'm a bit more introvert, although I may look like very extroverted. I like talking to people. I like meeting people. But I also, uh, when I recover, I need to have some time for myself. So that's how I figured this out. And why do I have this need? That's a good question. Sometimes I treat my Instagram page as my own album for myself in the future so that I can return to this, rewatch it, and I don't know, show it to my grandkids, <laughs> grandchildren. And yeah, it just sometimes, on the other hand, it feels like I'm trying very, very uh, sometimes uh, <laughs> slowly and awkwardly to create some art. And I discover this art by doing these videos, which actually is quite quite developing because you learn a lot of things about creating those videos, editing them, uh, many, many nuances you actually learn. So I, I find it quite uh, as a self-development activity, if you, if you like. So self-development is very important for you. Mm -hmm. And you spoke about validation. Well, it reminded me of the Krishnamurti quote that mm -hmm. it's not a sign of hell to be well-adjusted to a profoundly sick society. So mm -hmm. <laughs> I think it's really funny, but yes. Um, mm -hmm. uh, but to ask you, you spoke about creativity. You're not really speaking as a someone who's deep into mathematics and Mm -hmm. patterns and excel sheets or whatever <laughs> you're using <laughs> these mm -hmm. days i don't know the mm -hmm. tools mathematica or something like that mm -hmm. so the creativity and self-development why is self-development important for you and if you lived your life with everything perfect but you cannot have any self-development what would be missing mm -hmm. well first of all it's it's difficult honestly it's difficult for me to imagine a life where everything is perfect <laughs> To have a life where everything is perfect, you have to become perfect at first. And to become perfect, which is, I think, impossible, it's, there's always, there's always a room for improvement. So to become perfect, you have to self-develop. <laughs> you have to develop yourself. And that's why, that's why I think it's important. And just in general, in our modern world, and I, I'm so convinced in that the power of humanity is in the ability of learning. It's in, a, in their ability of developing the mental skills, our brains. This is what evolution's helped us with, right? This is what brought us where we are right now. So learning something new is inevitable and it's important, both in terms of humanity as a whole. It helps us to have this progress and for individual as well, because if individual is improving him or herself, he will be in some way or in another way, but successful because you don't you don't uh, stop it's like life is like riding a bicycle to keep the balance you have to keep moving so if you start learning stop developing yourself you 
may you don't just stop on one place you start to degrade you you move you are moving backwards so cell development is inevitable yes because the nature of life is entropy and therefore if you're not creating organization entropy will win yeah. and therefore you degrade as you said and you spoke about the importance of learning of growing our brains and i really agree with you because to me if a day passes where i didn't have time to learn anything i will refuse to sleep until i take like 30 minutes to learn mm -hmm. something to take notes on <laughs> some workshop or whatever and then i feel ah, now i this day was complete and useful and i can sleep otherwise i cannot it feels like i'm dying or something <laughs> inside and it doesn't happen but to ask you about this specifically when it comes to dance and to listening to music how are they forms of learning oh they are perfect forms of learning. I know that and I understand why the music sometimes is very connected to actually math, to mathematics. So the music is very logical. Although it's considered to be creative, it has its own rules, which are very strict, very much defined. And if you play your melody in certain key, if you miss a note and it will be not in this key, everybody will hear it. So music can be expressed in formulas, in something very logical. And by learning music, you are definitely improving your mental skills. You are improving in, in some, somehow you will start to be, think better. <laughs> you, will, you may feel improvement in other areas of your work or studying. So music can be helpful in that way. And in dancing, it's everything's the same. So there is a movement that you have to follow. So coordination, uh, the sequence, the uh, possibility to influence your body, your muscles. And people who dance well, they think very fast. And people who, uh, dancers who, um, who can dance like long uh, paws and uh, long dances, they have a good memory and very, very fast thinking because being able to recognize and memorize certain sequence of movements it's it's a skill and it develops you it develops you a lot thank you so thinking better and thinking faster seems to be important for you why mm -hmm. is it important to think better and to think faster <laughs> Faster, better, stronger. That's what one famous musical piece says. Not probably not only musical piece. Uh, why is it is important? Well, because probably again, I think that to be successful, we need to continue improving ourselves. We need to continue growing, learning something new. And why do I want success in life? Well, it's more, almost a rhetorical rhetorical question, but just to be able to feel like. I am living the life to its full extent that I don't miss opportunities that I can have in life and that I don't waste also my brains 
because we are all, we all have certain potential, but it's up to us to use it or not. So I think I just want to use the possibilities that I have. Thank you. So it's about not missing opportunities and not wasting your potential, but maximizing both. Did mm-hmm. I understand correctly? Yeah, that's very accurate. And if you would live a life where you didn't go after opportunities mm-hmm. and you just let your brain relax, I'm just playing the devil's advocate here, but it's important to think from another perspective. If you could have a a tranquil, happy life on a farm with like full smiles and great weather every day, but no opportunities, and you don't learn much other than reading some a few books for fun, etc. What would be missing about that? Oh, wow. Yeah, at some point, we all need such kind of face. It's called a vacation. (laughs) And uh, yeah, it's really important sometimes to detach and to read some book, be absolutely chill and tranquil and not to think about your work and about your very intense life that's usually happening. But I think that it would be difficult for me just to live this and my entire life in this lifestyle. I'm just so used to, I'm being, I've been raised with, with the thought, with the lifestyle. Yeah, from very young age, I, w- I had a lifestyle of achieving something. Yeah, I went to school. I also went to musical school. I also went to dances. I also did some scientific words, works everything at once Uh, but yeah of course one after another and I think I'm just uh, for my own coordinates of what is what is good what is right what is uh, a productive day for me or just what is a correct way of lifestyle I think it would be difficult to just be tranquil but from time to time it's just absolutely needed activity yes so achievement was something you raised to value and to want and to create in your life correct yeah mm-hmm. and what is important about achievement for you what because you know at the end we all will miss all the opportunities and we all waste away because at the end or as you know Kines said the economist in the long run we're all dead when they said that you know when you follow the Keynesian economics in the end there will be too much inflation that the economy will collapse he said well in the long run we're all dead so <laughs> that was his answer well not missing out on opportunities not wasting away needing achievement why is that important for you in a world where life is truly finite hmm. uh, that's 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 a good question. I think I always refer to the literature or to some other sources that I get the information from that when you will be 90, 80, 100 years old, I hope 100 years old, and you look back at your life you will think not about the thing that you have done, but about the opportunities you've missed or things that you haven't tried, that you didn't dare to try. So I get inspired by these thoughts and I sometimes reflect on my life and think, okay, now I'm this 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 old. It seems that it's there's so much years ahead, but Time flies, time goes so fast. So I want to meet the opportunities that I have. And each age has slightly different opportunities. When you're young, you can still, I don't know, run a lot and do some physical activities. When you will be much older, 
some things will be just not available anymore. So I think I just doing it for that reason. So I don't want to miss the opportunities. I want to live this life fully to the extent that it provides. Thank you. And if you are to give advice to listeners who wish to live that way like you, maybe something not many people realize or people are blind to or a new thing that you are thinking about recently and you'd like to remind yourself of, what would be this advice? Thank you. Thank you for this question. And my answer will be maybe a bit opposite from what may be expected from all of my previous all of my previous uh, quotes and what I was saying my advice would be to be able to detach and to be able to rest because when you are you are in this achieving mood mode and you focus on your self-development and your growth and your success and you may just push yourself to the limits of no return. And that's very dangerous. It's called a burnout. So my advice would be if you're feeling so inspired by your work and you can and you want to do it all the time you have <laughs> to push away everything else and just focus on it and bring everything to this activity, be careful. And look at all of your areas of your life. Try to find the balance for yourself. And you should be able to rest and do nothing for as long as you will feel that you had enough rest. That's an advice that I was deaf. I didn't want to hear it until I was faced with some with some physical signs that I should calm down. So this is the advice to my past self. You need to look into all of your areas of your life and to balance them out. And you need to learn how to rest. To learn how to rest and to think about your life as one big system. And if there is structural imbalance in one part, it makes everything weaker because we cannot be stronger than our weakest link. And if we keep pushing, that weak link will snap in the end and we burn out. Did I understand correct? Yeah, it's correct. Thank you. And if people want to follow you to know if you're working on any projects or any mini blogs, etc., can you share now as well as the best social media to follow you and to message you? So I'll make sure to write that in the description as well. Oh, nice. Thank you for this opportunity. I don't have some specific uh, project on Instagram at this moment. Uh, I am very active on Instagram. I'm also on Facebook and Telegram. I, I have it, but I don't have a podcast there. What uh, I can recommend is that, as I mentioned, the business analyst is a role that I do professionally. And if in case you are interested in becoming one, then perhaps you might be interested following the course for business analysis foundation course it's online and it's it, it contains 12 topics uh, that covers the needed knowledge and techniques for business analysts and it's based on a standard of IREP organization so it even can be treated as a preparation to pass in the certification from, from the IREP organization. So if you're interested in that direction we'll be happy to chat uh, to talk about it uh, in Facebook or Instagram. Yeah, thank you. You're welcome. It was a privilege and honor and really a lot of fun to speak with you today and Paulina I wish you a great night thank you so much it was a pleasure to be and to talk with you today have a nice evening mm -hmm.